10 again podcast what's up it's tuesday it's the last day of june july tomorrow july it's already july 1st tomorrow my god i don't even want to count how many days i've been off work i think i'm going to ask siri at some point this week just in case her number differs from mine that'd be kind of cool if she had a different number i'm alex b what's going on tomorrow july 1st tomorrow you cannot drive and have your cell phone in your hand I know a lot of you people are guilty of it. I can honestly say for the last year, I have barely, because I have one of those little dashboard thingies that you just put your phone in. I use my Bluetooth. So don't use your phone because there's nothing more aggravating. <clears throat> Here I go, clearing my throat on the microphone again. There's nothing, nothing more frustrating when you're trying to get on the highway and some jackass is just going really slow and they've got their phone in their hand now. Can't have the phone in your hand starting tomorrow. Now, here's what's also weird that I saw on these laws that are enforceable or, or, or they're becoming law starting tomorrow. Device implementation. Now, I, I haven't heard of this happening here. I mean, I've heard like various discussions and various conspiracies like everybody has. But it says Hoosier employers will no longer be able to force potential employees to get microchips implanted into their bodies. There are no known employees in the country that have this, but some companies are offering microchipping as a voluntary option to employees. It's used for clocking into work, opening doors, logging into computers, purchasing items, da 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 da. Now, logging into work? Absolutely. Do I believe some salary people need to have some accountability? Hell yeah, I would. I, I, I wouldn't get microchipped. But if I can somehow log when I am working, obviously, not recently, you know, log the hours that you work at home and then log the hours that you work at work. I think that'd be really cool. Have a little accountability class. Yeah. Yeah, that goes into, that's weird. July 1st, device implementation. I have not heard of that, but crazier things have happened. The laws go up or the penalties go up for tobacco. If you're caught selling, if you're working at a gas station and you're selling to somebody under 21, the fines increase. So starting tomorrow, man, put them phones down. Okay, that's really simple. Speaking of tomorrow, we will have Andrew Young on the program. Andrew Young has been around the Indianapolis music scene for like a gazillion years, it seems like. He's been doing his thing. He's relentless at what he does. He's good at what he does. Uh, he not only does the cover stuff when he plays live, but has a lot of original stuff. We'll talk to him tomorrow. Thursday, we'll talk about fireworks shows. Since we're not having fireworks shows out at um, Indiana Grand or Harris Hoosier Park, I'll give you some behind-the-scenes stuff because I've done the uh, fireworks soundtracks for the last couple years for both properties. So I'll let you guys check that out on Thursday. Maybe I'll play some fire fireworks soundtrack music. You could still, in Marion County, if you wanted to go to the Indianapolis Speed Room over on Kitley Avenue, you could watch some racing and then the fireworks um, are free after the racing events. So if you want to go to the little Dust Bowl over there, that's pretty cool. Anderson, they're going to have it at the Anderson Speedway. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of fireworks going off at racetracks. Uh, Greenfield, they're going to have it at the Greenfield Central Junior High School. Uh, Noblesville, they still got their stuff going on. And here's what's really weird. They're like, what time does the fireworks start? I'm going to tell you, as somebody who has studied Sunset for the last six years and planning fireworks shows and concerts, if they go off before 10 p.m., it's a waste. It's still, it's still sunset and dusk at about 9.45. I'm not saying it might not be dark at 9.50, but 10 o'clock is always a safe start. We've always done that. Uh, at both properties at 10 o'clock. This way you can guarantee, you know, the sun's down. You don't want to say, oh, yeah, right when the band gets done and there's still like that little bit of, you know, dusk and sunset, 10 o'clock. Don't start before 10 o'clock. You're wasting time, people. Take this from somebody that does that. And I saw where um, in Carmel, Carmel Fest, 
They're going to be uh, blowing them off in three different parts of the city so you can see them at home. And it'll be synced to music broadcast by the Carmel High School radio station. If you guys need a soundtrack, I got you. I've done it plenty of times. I'd be curious to see what that music sounds like. But nothing in Marion County because, you know, they canceled downtown the Freedom Fest. But if you want to go to the Indianapolis Speed Room, that's a good place to check it out. Martinsville is going to be having stuff going on. Mooresville. So, um, yeah, there's still, still some place to uh, have fireworks. Um, Greenfield. Now, New Pal doesn't have anything scheduled where I live, but trust me, I got some pretty radical neighbors that have plenty of fireworks, so I don't even have to go in there. I sit on my back porch and watch my dogs get petrified and, and watch the stuff go on there. So, yeah, happening July 3rd. Yeah, July 4th. So it's still going on, just not as the big, you know, grandeur stuff that's going on. Uh, also, today we'll be talking to Bill Ramika. He's going to be giving his his take and his insight on what's going to happen with sports with this pandemic pandemic stuff going on. Bill's been on WNDE. He's been on Q95. He's been on Fox 59 as a traffic reporter. Very knowledgeable dude. And we'll be talking to him momentarily. They're saying a strain of the swine flu that scientists fear has, be, has the potential to become a pandemic in humans has been identified in China. Researchers are concerned the flu could mutate and spread easily from person to person. Right now, it's carried by pigs, but could infect humans. But tell me how. If it's in a if it's in a pig right now, how are you getting this flu? Is it when you're when you're butchering the pig? Like, what? tell me how that happens when it goes from animal to human like that. You know, there's been all these conspiracy theories about uh, Corona with the, a bat and everything. How does this happen? If it's in a pig, how does the human get it? Somebody explain. Somebody. Copy and paste a lot. I don't care. Tell me how that happens. But right now, there's a potential. A strain of the swine flu could become a pandemic in humans if it gets from the pig to the human. I don't know. It sounds ridiculous. Just like TikTok is ridiculous. There's a guy in Bossier City, Louisiana. He... He followed a promise uh, to people on TikTok that if he got 2,000 likes, he would jump in the fish tank out of the Bass Pro Shop. And he did. <laughs> God, I get, you know, with all the stuff going on in the headlines with, with uh, coronavirus, with, with, with statues getting torn down, with police injustices, I think we needed a story of a guy jumping in a fish tank at Bass Pro Shops. That's what we needed. We needed that story. I, that's what I think. We needed that story. Yeah, so he said if he got two thousand followers, and his quote was that he that he got way more likes than he than he than he thought he was going to get. And he did not want to be a liar, so he wanted to hold his promise. Somebody had the phone, obviously on TikTok, and into the tank he went. Luckily, he was not hurt by any of the fish. He didn't get hurt. Uh, he didn't hurt the fish. None of the fish hurt him, or whatever was going on in the tank. But it's kind of funny, you know. He wasn't hurt. A lady got gored. Seventy-two-year-old lady. At, at, at Yellowstone National Park was gored by a bison when she tried multiple times within 10 feet to take his photo or take the take the animal's photo within 10 feet. I don't know what your running skills are like at 72, but even at 51, I would not come within 10 feet of anything like that unless I was in a cage or safe. So she got gored. She kept bugging him, bugging him, bugging him. Finally, he said, man, this is, man, uh-uh. Bye. Kaboom. It's just like when people take these pictures for Instagram and they want their social media posts and they fall off a cliff or do something stupid or they're at a zoo and then they fall down below. I mean, just because you're doing it for the gram. You're doing it to show everybody you got that cool shot. Now look what happened. Your ass got gored. See? You should have been been messing around with him. Just leave it alone. 
All right, we're going to talk to Bill Ramika momentarily. We're going to talk about his take on the uh, the NBA season restarting, the baseball season restarting. I forgot all about hockey. I forgot that we never got hockey and the Stanley Cup stuff out of the way. So we'll talk to him uh, right after this. So get ready, and we'll get some intake from Bill Ramika. Uh, what's what, what what's sports going to be like? We'll talk about it next.
Ten Again Podcast. My name is Alex B. On the phone, I have Bill Ramika, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bill. If you don't know who he is, I'm sure at one point in time you've heard him on Q95. At one point in time you've heard him on WNDE. At one point in time you've seen him doing traffic on Fox 59. Is that accurate, Bill? Did I miss anything? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think you uh, just about got. We can also add in there did some uh, work as well for uh, CBS Four. So, yeah, um, there you yeah, go. with a little little bit of everything, or at least. And and then if we want to add in the back uh, radio background from several years ago, well, that would bore people to death and get both of us gray hair. So we won't do that. Nope. For the sake of this conversation, now, I just thought I just thought about this because I had Amp Harris. I know you know who Amp Harris is. I had yeah. Amp on the show last week. And figured out that Amp and I have known each other for about twenty years. You and I have known each other for about twenty-five, right? I mean, yeah, it's, Alex, it's probably even a little bit closer to thirty, which makes one of us old. Well, because we started, uh, I started at the OTB in nineteen ninety-five. You started mm-hmm. shortly after me, so I'd say, yeah, probably twenty-five. Now, right. how we met, just for anybody that's listening, <laughs> this is a funny story. They were having auditions for the Indianapolis Ice for announcers, so I didn't know Bill then. So me and another guy from. Uh, Sports Spectrum, that's what it was called at the time. The OTB went to, to be to try out to be announcers. So we were sitting by Bill. Bill was sitting by us. And we were basically goofing on everybody that was going up to the mic because they had these names we couldn't pronounce, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so if you remember that, we were goofing on him. And I looked at the people behind us. I'm like, look, you're going to goof on us so we do it too. That's it. And I remember like Tony Lamont going out there to audition. Yeah. And I looked at you. I'm like, who's next? Calabro? Like, why are you guys bringing these dead ringers? Why don't you give it yeah. give it a chance to some guys like us? Needless to say, you didn't get the gig. I didn't get the gig. We landed up working at Sports Spectrum together. So, your your background on stuff that you know is like amazing. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap your brain with okay. COVID and everything. I go by each category. What do you see happening with the NBA finishing up their season and then literally finishing up and then starting it again? Like, what's gonna happen there? You know, Alex, it would be nice to say that we pick up at the end of uh, July here when the NBA is scheduled and everything will be like normal. Well, it's not going to be normal because as unless you've been under a sports rock, the NBA is going to be starting and ending their season, at least at this time, everything in Orlando, kind of like at the Walt Disney World Hub. And what's going to be happening there, 22 teams that have the, I guess, the best records right now, they will all be going. I think, if uh, memory serves me right, they're playing around 8 to 10 regular season games, quote-unquote, and then they start up the playoffs. So to say that the NBA is going to be normal, no. I honestly, if you pin me down and ask me what I thought the play would be like, I think it's going to be like crap. Because let's be honest, you cannot take off four to five months of your life and expect to pick up the momentum, the routine that you had, without at least, oh, say, three, four, five weeks going by. You know, you and I have worked um, in the horse racing industry, and the one thing that's always been noted Anytime there's ever been a big race with horse racing, you look at the past history. What's this horse ran? What's been off for a year or six months? Well, you should never expect that horse to come out and run like Secretariat. Hence, you're not going to see the Los Angeles Lakers come out and be world champs either, or the Indiana Pacers or Boston or whomever. So I think it's going to take a a gradual period for the teams to get kind of back up to speed. Now, problem is you're playing in a bubble. You're playing in one defined area. You can't go out after the game and, have a couple brews or meet up with a couple people, you're back to probably your practice facility, your hotel, you know, whatever area is limited, but it's going to be like that. And I think the NBA is going to have some real struggles interest wise. Boy, that's a coin toss, Alex. I got to believe fans will like anything sports wise. I'm just not sure they're going to like this brand of basketball. Do you think they're going to bet the same on these games that, that are 
that have been reformed like they would if they were regular season? Because here's here's what I was thinking. What about if a team, whoever the team is, they, they test positive for COVID and it knocks right. players out to where they can't finish up their series of whoever is playing. So what happens? They get knocked out by default. Do they play again? You know what I mean? Like, let's say they're on the last game. Let's say it's the best of seven. They're on the deciding game. And all of a sudden, by some fluke, your key players get knocked out. Are they going to say it's an unfair advantage? Like, what happens then? Yeah, and I think the, uh, the the scheduling of how many players get tested, how many are tested positive, I've heard they have to pass or fail, uh, like three tests. I don't know exactly what the time frame is, but that's a great point. And so what happens if you get everybody down there at the uh, beginning of uh, late July, beginning of August? Everything is smooth. The second round starts up, and suddenly you get a couple more players and then a couple more players. And it may not even have to be the players, Alex. Remember, you've got team staff there, coaches, trainers. Maybe they become infected. So what is the protocol going to be? How are you going to allow this team to keep playing or at least continue to be there and not affect the overall product? That's what I think is also going to be the mindset. And let's be honest, all of us, and we go back to that isolation, you're going to one area. If you had to work out of your home, well, wait a minute, you have. Yeah, <laughs> For the last four months, that's fine. But sooner or later, it drives you nuts. And you're going to say, wait a minute, I'm going to get back in front of fans. I want to get back in front of my family. And you can't do that. I just, I, I think it's a different mindset. And if you tack in or put in the problem of uh, possibly coming down with the corona, and it does happen. Is your heart really going to be there? Are you really going to want to play? Uh, boy, I would say it's going to be a coin flip. Probably not. I mean, I just wonder what happens. Like, do they just put like the second string in and they just hope for the best? Because yeah, then they'll not- say it's an unfair advantage. Like, let's say you're like, let's say you're leading a series. You know, you're leading a series. It's a best of seven. That last game, a couple people get sick. It, it, it hampers what you're going to put out there. Then what happens? They're going to say it's an unfair advantage. Like, does that does that series replay, or does it just mean? Yeah, and I, I think I, that's those what are I bridges. Know. Yeah, those are, are going to be bridges that are going to be crossed when uh, those problems come up. The problem here is the playbook may say this is what we hope to do. I think when it happens, it's going to be this is what we have to do, and it will be maybe a three sixty from what is written down and what is happening. So, yeah, your point's well taken, Alex. The future is very cloudy, especially when it comes to somebody like the NBA. However. Let's go to the Major League Baseball. Yeah, was gonna ask you, that was going to be my next question. Baseball, what do you see happening there? Well, see, Alex, I think this is one time. Well, first of all, I think baseball had the opportunity to make good on something by starting up a little bit earlier. In fact, 4th of July was at a predetermined date about a month or so ago, and then with players and arguing about money. Baseball, to me, has the opportunity really to make some inroads here and have maybe the most memorable part of their season. Granted, it's going to be 60 games. But the thing is, they're coming back to their home fields, whether it be Detroit or Cincinnati, Great America Ballpark, wherever. They'll be without fans, at least for right now. I got to believe maybe as we get closer to September and definitely by the playoffs for those teams, that's where you will at least see fans come back. To what degree and how many? Again, who knows? There's no playbook. There's no crystal ball that says on September the 1st, we'll have a stadium of 50,000. Not known, but baseball at least coming back to your own home turf, you can hang at your stadium, you can hang in your home, uh, hopefully your home. And so I don't think the quarantine issues will be as much. You also have a little bit more capability with players. I believe they're going to increase the roster up to 30. Um, obviously, you know, pitchers and, and, and the players. So the possibility for baseball to do something memorable, I think is going to be there. 
whether or not it happens again, gosh, Alex, I wish we could look into the future, but uh, let's let's at least give baseball the benefit of the doubt. Basketball, I'm not so sure. And how about this for the NHL? They're so going I, so refresh my memory because <clears throat> I don't I don't follow hockey. Did NHL ever finish up and get a Stanley Cup or no? No, here's what they're going to do. They had uh, roughly about a month uh, and change left in their season, and then they go would have gone right into the playoffs. They are going directly into the playoffs, but where those sites are going to be and the teams, uh, I don't have the definite number. I was just looking at this the other day. They have yet to come up with a plan. So hockey by far is going to be really confusing. And how many how many playoff games, you know, are you playing against that one opponent? And I think if memory serves me right, it's going to be central uh, cities, Toronto, um, I believe. Uh, I don't know if it's in New York, uh, St. Louis or not St. Louis. Um, help me out here. Uh, Minnesota. It's going to be selected areas where hockey is going to be held with the playoffs. That's what was suggested, but I've not seen a definite game plan from hockey. So if you really want to talk about a confusing end to a sport with the NHL season, well, you can put that question mark with the NHL. So we don't even know if there's going to be a Stanley Cup. So what happens when these seasons like the NBA wrap up and then we go into the start of the season? So is there going to be a gap? Are they going to go from ending – you know, ending this season to starting the new one. Is there any arrest or, or because yeah. to me, that's well, almost I, unfair. Yeah. It's, it, well, it's all going to be unfair to the degree. Remember the NBA was real big on uh, making sure the season and the games were spread out so players could rest. Well, in this case, the NBA will have a champion. So will major league baseball. And so will the NHL. And again, some of these plans have yet to be really formalized and finalized. So for NBA, they hope to wrap up, I believe it's by uh, the middle part of October. They would take off basically November and probably start up close to the Christmas uh, uh, date uh, for this year. A lot of uh, people in the basketball world have always said that's when the NBA should start and actually reduce the number of games. But, <laughs> Alex, you're an owner of an arena like uh, uh, Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Yeah, you I've been want- there. You want 41 games in there one way or another. You don't want a shortened season. So I think the NBA season will be shortening their schedule up of as far as time off for next year, but they will get their 82 games uh, in depending on where the uh, COVID-19 happens. Uh, Major League Baseball, I really don't see a problem. I think as long as things continue health-wise, they'll finish up. The World Series will be, I think, in front of fans again, wherever it may be. One thing, remember, with baseball – when it does restart, you're going to see a lot of um, what I call inner city type games. You know, the uh, uh, Chicago White Sox taking on Detroit. You know, Cincinnati will be taking on St. Louis probably about 10 to 15 times. So the amount of travel, you're not going to see the Yankees travel across to uh, take on the uh, uh, the Angels in California. That's not going to happen. They might, they might sneak down to Texas, but that would even be a push. And that wouldn't even be later until September. Okay, so here's here's the question I have. With reduced capacities and stuff, obviously the revenue is going down. How are these guys affording to stay in business if all the capacities are reduced at these venues? Like what happens like what happens then? Well, the big thing that people realize or may have not realized is those TV contracts from a couple of years ago that were signed are still helping to pay for a season like this year. It's what comes next year that may be the struggle 
Um, and that's for baseball, basketball, and hockey. Now, the NFL is set up a little bit different because they have yet to start their season. So TV revenue for the other three sports, MLB, NBA, and NHL, has already been put in place for this year. It was to have happened, so it's kind of been hanging in there, although that pool or that amount has been dwindling a little bit because there's not new advertisers coming on board. And, or the NFL already has the TV money in place. They already have the season to schedule to start on time. Question there, Alex, is with anything for sports, the number one thing is fan participation, whether it be active in-game or outside in tailgating or buying merchandise. That's where extra money always comes in. TV revenue is always big. There's no doubt about it. It pays the salaries. But do not discount the fact that when you can put 60-some thousand plus at Lucas Oil Stadium, that still helps pay those extras for football and anything else that happens in the sports world. So if or do we know if NFL and Colts are going to reduce capacity? Because by the time they start the preseason, which is August, the, if everything goes well, there should be no restrictions after July 4th as long as everything <laughs> – allegedly – so right. would they still go to reduce capacities if everybody got the all clear July 4th? Because to me, I couple, think that's dangerous. Yeah, Alex, let's look at a couple of things that are going to kind of coincide with the beginning of the preseason. Now, remember the Hall of Fame game that was set for, I believe, the first Saturday in August. That's already been uh, uh, canceled. So not a meaningless game, but it always kind of like, you know, earmarked the beginning of the football season for fans. I think the preseason games will be held either with limited fans or maybe at 50% capacity, but a couple dates to keep in mind with other sports to see how they play out for football is going to be the Indianapolis 500 and the Kentucky Derby Indy 500 happening in August and the uh, Kentucky Derby rescheduled from May to now September the 5th. Those are venues that pack a hundred thousand plus IMS easily over 200, 250. If they allow 50% 50% at IMS, if they allow 50% at Churchill Downs, I got to believe, Alex, the NFL will say, and there's no problem, there's no other health concerns, then I got to believe the NFL will say, let's go full steam ahead. It will take one area, whether it be in Dallas, whether it be in Miami, whether it be in New England, to have some kind of health issue again resurface, then I think you will see the NFL go, we've got to reduce fan uh, participation attendance for the month of September for 50%. But how do you do that, though? If you, the if severity, you bought a ticket in a section, how do you do that and do the whole social distancing? Because what do you yeah. do? You set one person up and then four seats, you leave blank. Like, what do you do for people that bought season tickets that are really, really good, but now everybody in that row has to do social distancing? I mean, how the hell well, do you put that together? That, Alex, that's going to be for full for the, for the regular season. Remember, it starts in September. So if they get through the preseason by doing 50% and they find no issues, then I think it will be game on. However, if there's problems that develop, do not be a bit surprised that you see the entire September schedule for the NFL be moved to the back end and it would be held at the end of January, the beginning of the uh, uh, first couple of weeks in February. Therefore, making the Super Bowl happen probably a little bit closer. Actually, I should say the regular season would end uh, and it would continue on in January, pushing the playoffs out until the end of January, the beginning of February, making the Super Bowl then at the end of uh, of uh, February around President's Day. So that's how they would play that out. Preseason will dictate a lot of what happens for the regular season. 
here's the key that clock on the wall says, hey, you've got a couple of weeks to make this kind of decision. So do you really want to go and full speed ahead and, you know, take whatever comes down the pike and deal with it? Or do you want to play it safe and say, let's delay the start of the season? And remember, this is also going to apply to college. Most colleges begin their season right around that Labor Day. So what will they do with the games that are happening in August? Half capacity? I don't know. So the month of July is going to be very interesting on a lot of levels, just to see what happens not only with teams starting up, but then as you start to increase more fans in attendance with August events, a.k.a. the Indianapolis 500, later with the uh, Kentucky Derby, that will give a good barometer of what will or won't happen when it comes to regular season, in particular like the NFL. I think those games, again, September will move to the end of January and February. So you don't, just, you don't uh, think they're going to start on time? Uh I mean, your honest, your honest, non-professional opinion. Do you think the NFL season is going to start on time? With because we're still going to be in the middle of, um, not in the middle, but we'll still be playing NBA games. We'll probably right. be playing hockey games. We'll probably still have baseball going on. Yeah. Do you see them starting at the same time? Because where do you have the room for TV with all these things that are being played at the same time? Well, you bring up a great point. Let's let's omit the uh, the deal with COVID. Most sports, they want exclusivity when it comes on TV. I mean, guess what? The NFL rules in the fall and winter on Sundays, and we know why, on Saturdays with college football. Baseball has always been predominantly in the summer. You want your eyeballs on that. I'm not sure it's going to be enough <laughs> enough TVs, at least a, a, a type of stations, to be able to carry. I mean, you know, the national networks only have so much programming, plus other programming that they have with other advertising do you suddenly take that advertising and substitute it for sports or vice versa? I don't know. I do think, Alex, if we get through July and August with minimal amount of interruption from COVID, then I think college football and the NFL start on time. But let's pop in a uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area or uh, Orlando that suddenly had a spike. Let's move this calendar up to August. Then I think it's, yep, games are off. They're pushed back or at least delayed for couple weeks, a month, or something else like that. That is really, that is really, that's really crazy to think. Because do you, do you, you don't think Indiana would roll back? I mean, because obviously there's some, some states rolling back, COVID in general. Right. Do you think Indiana, you think we're staying the course right now with everything? I think we're staying the course as well as can be. But common sense has always been something that needs to be practiced and preached nonstop. And Alex, let's be honest, you and I have both been out of our houses. It's not like, you know, we're, we've hunkered down with Holcomb and Hogsett for the last uh, three or four months. I get that. But we see people doing exactly what they should be doing, you know, playing the game, being nice, wearing a mask, staying six feet back. And then we've seen other people doing everything but what they should be doing. So, you know, what are you going to do? We, we know that you work at uh, Indiana Grand. In the casino aspect, I'm guessing, there's probably people doing everything they probably should be doing. And then there's other people who have total disregard. I'm telling you, casinos everywhere, including Vegas. My buddy Ed works at the MGM. And right. Caesars mandated this. Customers and employees have to wear a mask. Right. Before and it was going to be just if you were at the get, tables or whatever. Now it's everybody, yeah. which I think I think is, is great. Well, and again, people get upset. And, but, Alex, let's be honest. I mean, you know, how many... How many places you get upset, not you in particular, but people get upset having to wear a mask. How many places have you been in where it says shoes, shirt required? Okay. Seems like common sense, right? That's the requirements of the business. If you don't want to shop there, then go to a place that allows no shirt, no shoes. And now in this case, no mask. 
And if that's fine. But if a business is asking you and it's a minor inconvenience for the brief time you're in there, then go for it. And one thing that's going to come about here in the uh, middle part of August is the running of uh, the Indy, Indy 500. Okay, quick question about that. Indy 500 okay. set or the Brickyard, it's coming up this weekend. No fans. Right. How, how are they able to afford to lose their revenue from merch, from ticket sales, from food and beverage sales by having nobody at the track this weekend? Like, how, well, do you, and how are you Alex, not broke that's from exactly that? right. You're absolutely spot on with that because auto racing in Indianapolis – took three steps back, in my opinion, not because of what's going to happen in August with the Indy 500, but what's going to be happening this weekend with the Brickyard 400. They had the opportunity because other venues for NASCAR have had limited fan participation. I do not understand why Indy would not have actively said, let's put a limited number of fans in the stands. Pick a number. I don't care. 5,000, 15, 25. 25,000 at IMS is like trying to find change in your sofa. I mean, it's, you can keep rummaging and rummaging, and you're not going to be able to find anybody sitting on top of anybody. Why not do it here for July and then use that as a benchmark for the Indy 500 in August? If motor, uh, Speedway Motor officials decided not to have fans for this, totally okay, well, whatever. But you, how are you grading other NASCAR tracks that already have had fans? NASCAR raced to Pocono over the weekend. Memory serves me right. There have been no reported incidents of a COVID-19 outbreak from those that have been uh, in attendance there or at other tracks. So sooner or later, Alex, you got to dip your foot into the bathwater and say, oh, it's too hot or it's too cold or it's just right. But you sooner or later, you've got to take a bath. So, I mean, could you imagine that, though? Penske just buys a speedway and his first event or first two events or whatever, there's no fan. So he's really he's starting off at a loss. He's yeah. probably going to have another loss with the Indy 500, only have half capacity. So how do you do social distancing then? How do you sell tickets? Like, what's it going to look like on Indy 500 day when when the, when the 500 runs? What is what what does the model look like? Well, and and I also want to know, Alex, is if for the lack of not having TV coverage, how many fans that really are Indy 500 fans are going to go? You know what? We were just dissed. My ticket wasn't allowed uh, to be bought. I want to watch the race. I don't want to go outside of Indianapolis by 75 miles. Penske, you may be a wonderful guy and have wonderful racing knowledge, but you know what? You've kind of turned your back on me. I'm turning my back on you. And for the fans that go, you know, where are you going to be limited as far as sitting and being able to participate in the race? Again, we're looking at limited number of people. 50,000 fans at IMS is, again, like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's rough. When that place can hold easily 300-plus thousand, remember back to 2016, complete sellout plus standing room only crowd, unbelievable. And I have yet to talk to anybody who was ever there who didn't say that was a wonderful experience. And, yes, it was wall-to-wall people, but they loved it, and they were able to see anything. You put 50,000, you and I could probably yell across the track and attract bigger attention. So what do you – with that being said – that means obviously there's a limited amount of tickets. So you have to go through that whole process of who goes and who doesn't go. With right. that being said, they're still blocking out the race, but why would you put the race on pay-per-view or something? Because you're already de- denying a lot of people to buy tickets. So why wouldn't you have it televised or have it on pay-per-view to accommodate the folks that probably have gone every year for the last 20 years. And this year might not be able to go. 
most most interesting question I think that Penske has really yet to sufficiently answer or anybody from the Speedway. And I don't know because to me, Indianapolis may identify with the Colts and the Pacers, but truly it is a racing town and it loves its automobile uh, races at the uh, Indy 500 and really around anywhere on a Saturday night. I do not know why Penske would shun away from the fans who can't go. Getting people there. To me, that's a crazy first impression. You're not letting people go to the brickyard. Obviously, you can't because of COVID. I get that. You're reducing the amount of people that can go because of COVID. And now you're denying them people. At least some people, when they had COVID, when concerts were canceled, we were watching like these living room shows and, you know, this different stuff that was streaming. But now you're saying, well, not only are you still going to be stuck at home, but you're not going to be able to see the race either. I think that's lopsided. And Alex, look at the fact of how Penske is perceived. He's going to be perceived as a money miser. What is to be gained by blacking or continuing to black out the race? And obviously limiting the fans may, or be, may be something he may not be able to control. Again, I disagree, but that's me. But not putting it out suddenly makes him look very uh, scrooge-esque. And that's something that I don't think he really wants. And it will if, if he does continue to stand by his uh, position of continuing to black it out here, I think that will be a very black mark, not only for him for this year, but for future years to come, no matter what he does. Because I think right now people need something that feels like it's normal or at least it's a special treat. Realizing next year it will probably go back to being blacked out. And, you know, that's, again, his call. This year it should have been televised. It needs to be televised to everybody in the great state of Indiana around the world. Even if it's pay-per-view, because let's say you've gone every 20 years, and I don't know how they're going to do the tickets or how they're going to distribute them. You've gone every 20 years, but the way it's set up now, you're not going to be able to go. How, how do you make sure that fan doesn't doesn't turn their back on you? Like, I think or, I mean, maybe you do some kind of code where they could watch it if you're if you're a season ticket holder. I mean, I just think, you know, you took over to Speedway. Okay, that's good. You, you've, you've had losses coming into this year. Now you're telling a lot of people, and I don't know the exact number, they can't go. No, you can't go, and you can't, still can't watch it either. Well, but, Alex, I'm going to take it one step further. What's the biggest deal with auto racing is the sponsorship attached. Now, we don't watch a car to see whether or not Pennzoil has been put in it, but that is the best free advertising for anything, is when you see something at a sporting event and there's advertising, it attracts you. Just imagine these advertisers realizing that this is going to be televised. People are going to see Firestone and Goodyear and every other brand of uh, automotive-type products being displayed on billboards, on the cars, on the driver's suits. Those are things which you can't measure, the advertising dollar, people go, wow, these are companies that are still supporting these drivers even through tough times. Hey, you know what? I'm going to support them as well. And that is something I don't know if Penske realizes. It sounds kind of trivial and trite, but you're right. If I'm not being able to watch the race, I feel like I've been shunned by the person who said he's trying to bring the bring the gusto and the glory back to the Indy 500 and to me as a fan. Uh-uh, Roger, ain't happening this year. Fess up. What's up, bud? Yeah, there's got to be something. There's got to be a reason. I understand, you know, there's tradition, but again, you're you're letting so many people not go, and you don't have Carb Day concerts. You know, a lot of stuff right. that we were used to having, and then you're still going to block the race out. I just think it's, I think it's nuts. I mean, it's just, I don't know. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. People are striving for something of normalcy, and as we get closer, like I said, to uh, you know, really the beginning of the football season. You know, auto racing uh, still happening, uh, the NBA, NHL, MLB. 
a lot of things will be dividing your interest and what you want to go for that you normally wouldn't have had to deal with. Auto racing, at least for the IMS uh, for August, they need to be front and center. They need to put the focal point on on Indiana. And sadly, I, Roger, I think you've dropped the ball on this one. Your testing ground would have been the Brickyard 400 this weekend. Limited fans, five to 10,000. You probably, again, could have put in more. But if you had to have something, that would have been great to at least judge what you need to do for August. Do you think August the reason why he did that around. is that July 4th is so close, and in case Holcomb extended it, because he's been known to extend deadlines, do you think he wanted to do that just in case the deadline would have been ex- extended to go with no restrictions? He didn't want to like have to refund all those tickets, and that's why they kept it with no spectators? Uh, Alex, that's that's an easy I, – I, I agree with you to a point, but I'll tell you what. If Penske had gone on record and said, come hell or high water, we're going to have people at IMS. It may be limited, and you may be sitting in turn four or you know somewhere else that you normally aren't accustomed to. People would have pressured Hogshead to say, unless we are full blown out, then we need to be here. And yeah, boy, that's, that's a tough call. I'm sure those two had conversations, whether or not they'll admit it in public. I don't know. Um, Penske probably was saying, hey, we could do it. But Alex, let's be honest. Okay, so you blow off the brickyard. To me, he ought to make it public. Unless there's the pandemic, which is full-blown back, we're filling the stands come August, folks. Come on down. Bring your coolers. We will try to mimic what you missed out in May. It's it's crazy because right now I'm sure – Tony Jr. is laughing his ass off because we know, oh a couple, my we know a couple years ago he got booted from the board, tried to do his own thing. He was like kind of squabbling with his sisters. And right now, you know, the family decides to sell the business. Penske's going in with a huge loss this season. Yeah. He's probably going, ha, 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 because he got paid. He's good. He's paid, right? He's good. Well, and the other thing too, Alex, whether it be auto racing or whether it be baseball or football, people are looking for something to help soothe 2020, to kind of smooth out some of the bumps. You know, we lost the concert season at Ruoff. We've lost almost all the festivals, the, the fairs. It's just crazy. People have nothing to attach to. And something as simple as a race, that even if you were a non-race fan, you at least could say, wow, this kind of seems normal, or at least this feels better. And it makes you feel better in general. I, right now, for a lot of Hoosiers, I think they're really struggling. I, I you know. Uh, I, I know I am. I, I can't get down to watch uh, live horse racing yet at Indiana Grand or up at Hoosier Park. Yeah, uh, I can't can't get out to IMS to watch any kind of qualifying. You know, I can't get to the state fair in August because it's not going to be there. Everything seems just to be so diluted and, and distant. And then when you see even future events, think about this, Alex. This is an event in November, the New York City Marathon, one of the biggest marathons in the country canceling for fear this is out in november we're almost another six months away and what is the reasoning so sooner or later i go back to my bath water with you about time you took a bath my friend sooner or later you got to dip your toe in and say you know what for better worse hot or cold i've got to do this and i've got to make it happen now man there's a lot of stuff to think about there's a lot of there's a lot of – I'm going to ask this question again before we get off with this because you're, you're so knowledgeable. And when, when the season starts, I'm going to be – I'm going to have you back on here because you cool. you, you shared be, a lot yeah. more insight on this than I ever have. Do you think we're going – in Indiana, do you think we're going to be no restrictions July 4th? I, 
I think based upon today, yes. But what is concerning are other areas of the country that thought that same thing. And then out of nowhere, 24 hours went by and Florida producing back-to-back days of high numbers and, and concerns and Texas and California and a couple places out west. I'm going to go with yes. And I also think we need to probably tell people, hey, play the game. You may not like it. Don't you know moan and groan too much about wearing a mask. Try to do the simple things because sooner or later, this will pass. There will be people that will have developed a vaccine. Things will get better. I don't hope and I don't really know if there will be a second wave that will be bigger and better than what we had starting at the beginning of March with this. I don't know. But I think we've done a lot to make sure that what we've had, we've been able to keep under control. And people are so enthralled with wanting to get back to life and get back to sports. Alex, you know, we talked about uh, college and pro football. Yeah. Uh, here in just about a month, uh, Indiana High School sports startup with the schools returning. But the structure for that, we're not even sure what's going to happen. I just read an IHSA report that was about 16 pages too long. And they're talking about non-participants and or assistant coaches for football and or uh, whether it be soccer teams or uh, golf teams, whomever's not participating, will have to have masks on if they're not playing. You know, you and I have been out on a hot Friday night, 75 degrees at kickoff. Well, I, I don't see too many uh, coaches uh, going, well, you know, I really want to do that. However, if the opportunity is we can play sports, whatever it may be, People are gonna have then to maybe that's a small sacrifice. I don't know. Okay, real quick. This is the last question. I know I just said that five questions ago. <laughs> do you currently wear a mask, and are you going to continue to wear a mask and social distance if everything's clear July 4th? Yes, uh, I will continue to wear it where I feel it's needed. Uh, wherever I've been, uh, the more crowded the store, I, I tend to probably put a mask on a little bit more readily than if I'm running down to the local Dairy Queen where I can kind of go through the drive-up window or even if I'm going in their lobby, I can grab my uh, treat and I'm in and out. I'm really not talking to anybody or doing anything. Plenty of protection has been up. I admire almost every business I've been in. They've gone beyond any kind of measure in keeping people safe. I think the same thing will be done at these sports venues. You know, you're going to be practicing standing six feet apart in the beer line. So we hope, you know, right. restroom line, that may be a different story. If you've had one too many, yeah, you may be crowding somebody. But I mean, let's be honest. I think people are really learning and adapting to this. And for me, it's just like continuing on. We'll get an all clear sign. We'll talk definitely down the road here, uh, whether it be this year or a year from now. Meantime, how they're going to do this and have the setup, definitely call me because I want to have you back on so we can explain to people because I don't know if people like just watching a news clip are going to understand how the seating is going to be arranged, if it's going to be like a lottery for tickets or whatever. So if you catch any wind of anything, I definitely want to have you on. And I think you need to be back on Fox 59 because you're a good traffic <laughs> guy. You're good on the radio, too. You're good on Q95. And Bill and I worked in the same building together because sometimes you would be on Q95. Sometimes you would be on WNDE. I would be on X103, but like Saturdays. And like we go into the studio and like just like just chat with each other. So yeah, exactly. worked, this is like two venues we've worked at together. And now you're on my podcast bringing some knowledge. So I, I appreciate that. I, I do. Appreciate Alex, that. I, I, I couldn't ask for a better friend in life. And I truly mean that who've, uh, you know, we've been through a lot thick and thin. And I want to go back real quick and let everybody who's listening. Uh, when we did the hockey audition and you, you were right, we were up against some heavyweights in the uh, industry at the time. Uh, I think now we probably could be their equal. Eh, at least we'll hope so. But the beauty of it was on that audition, we had to pronounce a couple of hockey players' names, and you were right. 
when you get to the Russian or a couple of European names, I mean, there's too many vowels in there, so you just need to shorten it down to something. But you and I both went out. I remember you butchered one name so bad where you go, okay, I give up. Yeah, I did then, because I'm, I just knew I couldn't do it. There's no way. If they would have had like Smith, Wilson, Davis, exactly. you know, stuff I could pronounce, I'm in. But this other stuff, man, it was like it was like trying to it, take a class in, in Russian. It was like these crazy names that I couldn't do it. I slurred a name so bad that Ray Compton, who had helped organize and was part of the ICE at the time, uh, came over to me and said, Bill, that's definitely not how you pronounce that guy's name, but I admire you for trying, only because you drug his last name out for about three and a half minutes way too long. So there you go. When in doubt, Alex, always overachieve. All right, big thanks to Bill Ramika for chiming in. Bill, pretty knowledgeable guy, man. I, I have now found somebody that likes to talk more than I do because he, he's really knowledgeable and when we worked together at the OTB and we would work Kentucky Derby Day and he was doing like the, the you know, the voice stuff and I was kind of like doing the directing. I'm like, you know, hey, turn this up and turn it. He was just a small man, man, just smart. Just a smart guy. Very knowledgeable. So I'm definitely going to have him back on the show at some point because I think it makes sense. Not as much as that feedback that's coming out of my monitor right now. But um, yeah. Thanks, Bill, for uh, chiming on with that. Very greatly appreciated. Always good to talk to him. I haven't seen him in a minute um, because of obviously... Uh, I've been busy, but it's not like I'm not doing anything now. I don't think he's working now either. So it may actually kind of work out that we should probably do lunch or something. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we will, right? Hopefully he's listening to this and going, yeah, let, let's do some lunch. Then you have to argue about who's buying because when nobody's working, like who's buying? Y'all looking at each other like, mm, I don't know, man. I got this coupon. So uh, thanks a lot for uh, Bill for chiming in with that. Tomorrow on the program uh, or the podcast or whatever you want to call it, Andrew Young will be my guest. And uh, we'll be talking about his, uh, not only is he just, a, you know, he's a musician and he's an artist because he's done a lot of original stuff and, and he plays everywhere, like everywhere. This dude's are everywhere. If you look at his social media pages or whatever, he's out there. So we'll talk about his, his original material and a lot of other stuff coming up tomorrow. And then Thursday, we'll be talking fireworks. And then Friday, I got a treat because Friday, we do the Friday Five. Friday, I'm going to do a little mix called the Country Cookout. I played rock in the Friday Five. I played, you know, top 40 dance music, hip hop. But we're going to do country music on Friday, but like cool country, not like crying your beer, depressing country. So we're going to do the country cookout on Friday, uh, a mix that you can play for 4th of July. So give that a tune. Anytime you want to chime in, uh, the voicemail number, you want to leave a message, 317-245-6396. If you want to share the podcast or if you want to listen to previous podcasts, simply just uh, punch up thealexb.com and you can get all the info that you need it's pretty simple i'll talk to you tomorrow thanks for listening
Turn Again Podcast, Alex B. I'll talk to you soon.